0: Hello and welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast. As you listen to this message, I pray that you're built up, encouraged through God's word, and I pray that his Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the way that you should go. I pray that he gives you answers for your questions, healing and help for your life. Most importantly, I pray that this word helps you to become more like Jesus and a greater influence for him in our church and in your world. Now, let's grow together. Enjoy the message. Last week, we started a series called Faith Forward. Everybody say Faith Forward. forward. These two words that we put together that we want to think of and really let this be the theme throughout the year in which we think. And every decision that we're making, and every choice that we're making, every habit that we're forming, um, every transition that we're going through, uh, every shift that's happening are we thinking in faith and are we moving forward? It's so critical. Uh, and I said th- this last week that it's, it's very easy to kind of separate those two if we're not careful, that we can just say we're people of faith and we can stay in faith and we believe God, but then we don't move things forward in our life. Uh, we can look at problems and just let them sit and collect dust, and before you know it, they become antiques in our life, and they're just stuck there, and we get stuck. Now, we say we're people of faith, but we got stuck in an area. Or people will say, oh, I'm just a person who's always moving it forward. I'm not going to get stuck. I'm going to keep taking ground. I'm going to keep building. I'm going to keep going. I'll find the strength. And then we lose the faith that we're supposed to have uh, that all things are in Christ, that everything is centered around God. And I said this last week, Colossians 1 says that Jesus is before all things and in Christ he holds all things together. Now think about that right now, that your life, your children's life, your grandchildren's life, your finances, your future, Christ holds all of that together. He holds the world together. He holds the universe together. Amidst all the chaos that we're seeing right now in our country, God holds all things together. That's the reality of what we know. Hebrews tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the word I'm preaching this morning could have impacted people 2,000 years ago, and I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but if he doesn't come back anytime soon, it could impact people 2,000 more years from now. Good Lord, with the world the way it is now, will it even last 2,000 more years? But Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forevermore. So I said this, faith, we have to stay in faith because we, be, we are to believe God is at the center and the purpose of all things. That is so critical for us as parents. It's so critical for us as business leaders, as, as ministry leaders, as entrepreneurs, as students. We believe God is at the center and the purpose of all things. That every unfolding of every gift and talent that I have, whatever God is doing in and through me, He's at the centering the, in, in the purpose of all things. Forward, because God's plan and purpose is always moving forward. You know, God is never neutral. Right? God never just takes the day off and says, you know what? I really don't know what to do today. And he doesn't move backward like we tend to move backwards. Like as humans, we tend to make decisions sometimes emotionally or out of fear, and we move backwards. Or we stay neutral instead of moving something forward. So that was kind of the intro. Today I want to talk about how to think forward. How to think forward. Because if you adult long enough, you will hit walls where you can easily get stuck. Stuck in business, stuck in a season, took this job, didn't turn out the way I thought it would, now I'm looking for this job, went into this career, don't really like this career, now I'm going back to school. Uh, put my kids over the hair, that, that didn't work out, now I'm doing this. And we start making decisions in good faith most of the time, thinking that everything's just going to go the way that we hope it will. Have you noticed that life doesn't always meet your expectations? You're noticing that, right? Right? Some of the pants that you're wearing right now, that do not feel like you thought they would when you put them on. They're not meeting your expectations right now, right? But you have to think forward in your circumstances, because we can easily get caught up thinking backward or we can easily get caught up not thinking at all, which is often what a lot of people do. Uh, And we we were tempted to do that. Uh, If you think about some of the the chaos and the decisions that you regret in life, um, it probably came because you were thinking backward or not thinking at all. Not how God wanted you to think. It got quiet. There's a reason that got quiet, because we have to think forward about our life. We can't just feel about our life. We can't just feel emotionally about our life. We have to think ourselves through what we're feeling so that we don't land in a place that's backward or that's contrary to God's word or opposite of what God wants for us, right? We don't ask God to fit his theology around our feelings. We ask our feelings to fit around God's word and it's theology, right? Okay, this half of the room believes it, the other half is rebellious, needs a spirit of rebellion cast out of them. We have to get our mind around what God thinks is what I'm trying to say. The way we think forward and the way we move forward is to get our minds and our heart around how God thinks. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, one of my favorite verses, it's just so powerful, tells us not to conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, imperfect will. What's that big question that people are always asking about their life and about the future? What's God's will? Which essentially is what we're saying, what, what is God's purpose? Because if we're saying it's God's will, then that means we want to do His will. Right? And if we're saying it's God's will and that turns into God's purpose, we know it's God's purpose, then what is it? Well, here's how we get God's will and how we get God's purpose. We don't conform our lives to the pattern that the world is living. So he makes a distinction here. There's the way that the world is living and their minds are conformed to a particular way of life. But you, people of God, you're different. You're new in Christ. So be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's talking about our character, our life, the way we live, how we exist, how we function, how we deal with people. Is our yes, our yes? Is our no, our no? Are we who we are on Sunday, the same Monday through Saturday? Is the Christian that we proclaim to be on a day like this when we're shaking hands and fist mumping people and hugging people and going to lunch and sipping coffee, is that the same person Monday through Saturday that maybe some of the rest of the body of Christ isn't seeing? That's what he's saying. So if it's not, then, the, then he's saying, here's what's happening. You're being conformed to the world. The world is having more of an impact to you than you are having an impact on the world. Jesus called us to be salt, and he called us to be light. Okay, but if that light and that salt is being drowned out by the world, then we have to take stock of that, and here's God's remedy for it. Be transformed by the way you think. In other words, what you think right now. Could be wrong. Consider that—that—that that, that, that something I think right now is as confident as I am, as determined as I am, as obstinate as I am, as uh, you know, hard-headed as I am. I could be wrong. I could be wrong about something in my marriage. I could be wrong about something about my future. I could be wrong. Why? Because every day I'm saturated in a world that doesn't think according to God's Word, doesn't think according to the Spirit of God. Are you with me? See, there's a way that the world thinks. There's a way that people who don't serve the Lord think. The, the Bible tells us that when we come into Christ, we're made new. That means our mind is made new, and that we have to continue to not just live our life, but renew our mind according to what God says, right? Because every day, think about it. You know, let me put this in context for you so that you really get this. Some of your kids come home different than the way you sent them to school. (laughs) And a little bit more of the world is on them than when you sent them out. And it frustrates you, and it um, bewilders you, and it's discouraging, and you're watching The exact same thing that happens to your child is the same thing that's happening to you, except you're just a little more adapted to it. But it's happening to you too. The way of the world. What people say. What the mindset is, just across the board, the standard mindset on everything. Just take your pick on any subject. There's the way that the world thinks. It's a spirit. It's an attitude. It's a mindset. It's an unrenewed, unsaved mindset so it makes this question whose words are we listening to every day like we're hearing words but who are we really listening to like do you ever find yourself in a funk after you hung around someone who's in a funk like someone's just in a bad foul mood and then you they just rub off on you and you just you just kind of catch that if you're like, no, that's never happened to me. Okay, well, you're that person that hap- That's you're the person that does that to people, <laughs> because you don't think you just go and you just be yourself and then you poison people, right? But that, that's what happens. We get around people who are in a funk, and so they get our attention. So think about this. Whoever gets your you got to think about whoever gets your attention, because whoever gets your attention, uh, by the way, they get your ears. That's who gets your life. And whoever gets your life gets your future. And so this is why it's important that the way we think, every single day when we get up, we're thinking about a renewed mind in Christ. There's a reason God had in the Old Testament had the people rely daily on manna. He was teaching them something, something that's for us today. Daily bread. This is why Jesus prayed, give us this day our daily bread. Not give us this day Daniel's word just from Sunday. Lord, what's your word today? Right, not, not the message I heard four months ago. What's your word today? What's your spirit saying today? Now, this will remain foreign to you if you don't spend time with Jesus. If there is more time. See, this is the most uh, the, the biggest blessing and the curse in our life right now. But here's the good thing. It can your screen time can tell you how much time you're actually spending on it, how much your time how much time you're spending on it, every app, and, and just watch if the, if the Bible app and then your personal prayer life are non-existent on 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 this, then there's probably a good chance that you're consistently being conformed to the world, right? If you got you know 18 hours this week on Instagram or seven hours on Instagram and, and two hours on Facebook and 17 hours on emails and safari and google and and then it's like three minutes on the bible app where you just read a verse and then clicked off it and then there was no time with jesus okay well think about it you've been conformed to this world because this world worships itself it worships time it worships my schedule and my my problems and it doesn't block out look jesus was never too busy to not to not pray he was never too busy to to center himself To the point where he said, you know, like, I'm gone. See you later. I'll be with the Father. To the point where there were people who had expectations of him, including his own disciples, and he would not meet them and not apologize because he was spending time with the Father. Didn't matter who was upset. Didn't matter whose expectations weren't met. It didn't matter that people didn't like it. It didn't matter that his own followers couldn't find him, right? Like, if my staff can't find me or, or our team leaders, that's okay. I'm fine with it. Pastor Daniel, we got an emergency. Well, call somebody else. <laughs> you have the Word of God and you have the Holy Spirit. Unless it's life or death, call somebody else. We'll figure it out. Right? We we have to learn to build that into our life. Okay, are you following me? Conform. Conform. Here's what that word conform means. To identify with. Remember when you were... Um, in, in elementary school or middle school and you saw a particular style or you saw a particular hairstyle or clothes or something and, and you just wanted to get in on that vibe like you just wanted to do that you were all about that mom I want those shoes why I just I want those shoes and then your mom had to go search for them we didn't have the internet back then right you might have to God bless the moms who had to go search for the things that were probably sold out because every kid wanted them and then find them pay outrageous prices for them, and then give them to us, but we would find something that we wanted to identify with, that we wanted to conform to. That's what that word means, assuming a similar outward form or expression by following the same pattern or mold or model, right? So, So in middle school, I saw these converse, these chucks, and they had splattered paint all over them, but they were a solid color. They were amazing. I'd still wear those things today. They were so amazing, and I wouldn't care what y'all think. They were cool. And there was a model that I wanted, uh, a, a mold I wanted to conform to. I wanted those shoes, right? You think about this in your life. Jeans you wanted, hairstyle you wanted, certain, a certain car you wanted. You wanted to conform. Okay, that's the same word, to identify with something. This is what he's saying in this verse. Don't identify with the pattern of this world. So we have to think forward. And think about what is the pattern of this world when it comes to how we handle money, how we live our life, how we think about the future, how we parent our kids, how we treat one another. God has a lot to say about all of this, but if we don't think about it, we just conform to the pattern of this world, right? When somebody hurts you, here's a good example, when somebody really hurts you and makes you mad, do you just want to cut them off and cut them out, that's the pattern of the world. That's not the pattern of the, of the Lord, <laughs> right? When someone attacks you, do you just want to attack? Well, of course you do, right? That, that's the flesh. That's the nature of uh, when somebody does something to you, do you want to get back at them? Do you want bitterness? Do you want revenge? Do you want animosity? You, these are the things that are the pattern of the world. They did this to you, so you should do this to them. This is very quiet this morning. Are you guys a bunch of vengeful people going and putting hits on people? The pattern of this world is something that will actually destroy your life. That's why he's saying this. Don't conform to this. This will destroy you. Okay? But instead, he's giving you an option. It's like if you invited somebody over to the house, right? And you're like, well, don't eat this. Well, so-and-so brought this. Don't eat that. But eat this right here. This is good. This is what he's saying. Don't conform to what the world is telling you to do. Every single day, the world is telling you something to do. And a lot of the people that we follow are not saved. They're not in Christ. They may have some wisdom. They may have some good things. But let's just get down to the brass tacks of this. Are they speaking from a renewed mind? Are they speaking from a renewed heart? Because you can have some wisdom that comes from God and that it sounds godly, but it can be used for really selfish means and selfish purposes, okay? Now, I really believe this is a season uh, to put your thoughts in order. I really do. Like, if you think about what's happened over the last couple of years and just how people are thinking, how mad they are about anything and everything, how uh, isolated people are. People have just gone strange. Let's just be honest. People are strange. They're off. They're off. And you might be off too. We're all probably just a little bit off. Like people are literally saying this. Listen to these words. I could literally just stay home all the time. Yeah, death and disease comes to unhealthy people who just stay home all the time. You have to be moving. You have to be active. You have to be socializing. You don't have to be the life of the party extrovert, but you've got to have some interaction. Not only is it healthy scientifically, but it's biblical that the one another's that we're called to do, they require other people. So I can't just stay home alone all the time. That's the pattern of this world. But we're to be transformed. Look what this word says, transform. Comes from the word that we get the word metamorphosis. Like a caterpillar turns to a butterfly means to change after being with something properly means transformed after being with transfigured. So after we have been with Jesus, we are transformed. Every time we get with Jesus, it's like going to the gym. You did the workout. You You may not see immediate growth physically, but you just grew. You just accelerated your health. You just moved forward. This is what he's saying. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Now, there are people who are saved, and they are in faith, but there are so many areas of their life still that are conformed to the pattern of the world. And they go around in circles, and they stay unhealthy, and this is why. You, you, you come into faith, and then you see them, and they've been in the faith for 30 years, and then they're acting and reacting like people in the world. And then you question and say, but I thought they loved Jesus. Well, they do love Jesus, but there's an area in their life that's not transformed and it needs to be transformed so that they can do the will of God and the purpose of God for their life. And so this is a season really to move your life forward, to think forward, and and to get this area in order, the way we think, right? Think about it like this. When you come into the house, I don't know about how you are, but how, how I am, I'm okay if one room is a mess. Right, like if my daughter brought toys and she put them here, and in that room, 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 in that room okay, yeah, the, the, the anxiety comes over me, the chaos is all over the place, the stress. I'm like, I can't handle this. All right, let so whatever she's doing, stop what you're doing. We're gonna clean the room, and then she falls to the ground, like as if I just she was just slain by the Holy Spirit, and and it's like I'm asking her to walk from here, you know, to California. But I can't. Well, can you help me? No, I can't help you. I'll help you with this one thing. Well, can I just put this up? No, no, let's let's clean the whole room. Like this is this is a room. This is not a playground. Let's just clean a room and then and then we'll work on the rest of the house. But so I can't function, okay? If if you're okay, if one room is a mess, it's usually okay. Right? If all of the rooms are a mess, that's not gonna work for me. All right? Now there are other areas of your life that God can work on, and that's okay. He's working on that. Let me tell you, the one room that can't be a mess, your mind. Because if your mind is off in, in regards to thinking in the pattern of this world, the way you handle things, it will affect every other room. Now, now, how, does, how do we bring order? How do we bring peace to this, this chaos and this confusion that we feel? Okay, well... The way we renew our mind is around the Word of God. Go figure. Around the Word of God. Pray, obey. We don't just pray and feel. We pray, we obey, right? So the Bible tells me to forgive my spouse, then I need to walk in forgiveness with my spouse. Are you with me? Okay, Daniel, well, yeah, but my marriage is a little complicated. Welcome to marriage. Every marriage is a little complicated. <laughs> but you don't know the complexities of and the, com- the proclivities of my wife. Okay, you don't understand the proclivities and the complexities of every man's wife, okay? And nor you as a husband. And so we're always looking for an excuse of how we can get our mind off of what God's already saying. Right? God says this, yeah, but I think he means this. No, he doesn't mean that, but, but I'd like him to mean that, but that's not what he means. And we have to bring our mind, church, we have to bring our mind, church, we have to bring our mind to the Word of God. Bring our thoughts to the Word of God. Okay, I'm telling you, this life is not an experiment. You get one shot. Okay, don't experiment with truth. Don't experiment with things that God's rock solid on, right? There's some things that just will remain mysteries for the rest of our life until we meet some God someday. Those things I can't control. The things I can control, what God says are true, what God says he wants me to do, I have to ask God that by the power of the Holy Spirit, my mind can think differently about the things that I think. Because if not, I'll be conforming to the pattern of this world, bringing whatever the world has on it, Onto me. Now, how do we do this? I want to give you just a, a simple formula. I'm going to close out last 10 minutes. This is the Apostle Paul speaking in Philippians chapter 4. He says this, verses 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. So let your gentleness be evident to all. Do I have the right translation up here. Let everyone see you. Okay, this I have a different translation up here. I did this on purpose. I wanted you to see. It says, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. There's two different words he uses here in different translations. It means gentleness or reasonable, but it's considerate. I'm coming to my point in a minute, but let's just stay with that. So, let everyone see that you are gentle, reasonable, considerate. Okay, we'll come back to that in a second. Then he goes on. Remember, the Lord is coming soon, okay? Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and by petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which exceeds anything we can understand, his peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Last verse. Then he says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. God gave us a brain, and he told us to align that brain with right thoughts. Okay? Most of our undoing in ourselves and about ourselves is because we fix our thoughts on things that are not godly, things that are not truth things that are not good, things that are not praiseworthy, thing, and we adjust them to things that are angry, things that are fearful, things that are destructive, things that are sorrowful. Now, we're not to ignore those things, but we're not to fix our life and mind around those things. Now, I don't care how old you are, uh, 25 or 75, but I'm telling you, for the, for the rest of your life, it is a battle to fix your thoughts and keep your thoughts on what God says is true because we're in a war. We're in a spiritual battle. We're in a spiritual war. So in today's world, without the power of the Holy Spirit, um, these things, fixing our thoughts on these things, it seems impossible. It's like just turn on the news. Something horrible is happening. Just flip through your phone. Some bad news is coming. Why? Because this is part of life. And so we have to fix our thoughts on what we know is true. What God says is true. Okay? This is not just positive thinking. This is biblical thinking. This is the mind of Christ. This is honoring God with the gift of the mind that he's given us. Are you with me? So what does he say? Number one, stay joyful. You know what? I love joyful people. I really do. I love to be around joyful people. Like if you want to be around me, get me laughing and you will stay around me. Like if you can make me laugh, we're going to be friends. I don't care how carnal and lustful and terrible of a person you are. If you can make me laugh, I can make room for you. I won't take advice from you, but I can hang around you because you can make me laugh, all right? But we need to stay joyful. He says, rejoice in the Lord always, and then he says it again, and again, I say, rejoice. It's almost like he's serious. It's like when you tell your kid, hey, clean this room, and again, I say, clean this room. Rejoice. In other words, be intentional. Stay joyful. Be intentional about staying joyful. It's a directive. It's not a suggestion. It's a directive. We're told to stay joyful in who Jesus is. Now, separate who Jesus is for a second from the reality of what we face in the world. He's not telling us to stay joyful in what we see in the world, he's telling us to stay joyful in who Jesus is. Rejoice in the Lord. Well, how can I rejoice? In the Lord, you can always rejoice. In the Lord, you can rejoice about everything, about your salvation, about your progress, about the promises of God, about the hope we have in eternity, about the resurrection power that now lives on the inside of you, about your faith, about the promises of God for you and for your future and for your children and for their children. There's a lot to rejoice in, but if you're... Spending 60 hours listening to CNN and then what Fox News says and then what this friend says and then that person's angry and what everybody at work says and we're saturated and then we come out at the end of the week and we say, man, I can't rejoice. It's because of who we've been listening to. And so then I'll preach God's word on Sunday and it's almost like it kind of goes in one ear and out the other and you feel numb and it's like, I kind of heard it. I guess it was kind of good. I don't really understand it. And then we go back for another 60 to 80 hours of getting saturated and bombarded In a world system, we have to be intentional about our joy, and it has to be intentional in Jesus. It can't just be, dang, the new Netflix season is coming out. I've been waiting for 12 whole months for this. Okay, I'm glad you're rejoicing in that, but we have to learn how to rejoice in Jesus. Okay, there's never-ending seasons with Jesus, and you don't have to wait a year for that new season to come out. You can just tap into it now. Come on. Are you with me? The opposite, the opposite of joy is sorrow. And so for a lot of us, it's just easier to stay sorrowful. Okay, we're commanded to stay joyful. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Do you have people who carry the joy of the Lord in your life? Come on, in, in your phone, like a, maybe you define yourself by your connections You know people who do this and people who do that, and you've got your phone numbers of this person and that person. This guy gets a mechanic. This guy can get houses. This guy, some people, they they live by their connections. Okay, is any one of your connections filled with the joy and the strength of the Lord? Okay, and if not, then it's time to fill that phone up with some people who, who do have that. Because they need to be shaping your life, not just your connections. Because they're shaping your soul. They're shaping the way you think. How do you know if they have the joy of the Lord as their strength? Check out when they go through trials and tribulations. How do they respond? Do they burn the whole world down? Right? Some of you like to burn the whole world down. (laughs) Or do they respond in faith to the degree that they can in their, their walk with the Lord and say, I don't understand what's going on, but I'm going to trust God's faithfulness to the degree that I understand it according to his word, according to the testimony of people that i've heard speak and according to the testimony of other people's lives and what i've seen them go through, i'm going to lean into joyfully the strength of the lord in this person. going to lean into their joy. i think we've got some burn the world down folks in grace avenue. it's time to stop conforming to that. not every trial and tribulation has to be the end of the world. it's just a hurdle. It's just a pothole on the road to destiny. It's frustrating. It's hurtful. It's disappointing. It may be annoying, but it is not necessary to burn the world down. We can switch. We can make the switch, right? Okay, number two, show consideration for others. Show that gentleness. Show that reasonableness with others. So important, okay? Who do we start with? Start with your family. Start with your spouse. Does your family say you're reasonable? Does your spouse say you're gentle? And I'm not talking about in the midnight hour. I'm talking about in conversations. I'm talking about in conversation. Yeah, you have a reason to get gentle then. I'm talking about the reality of gentleness. Did you just say gross? My, my wife just said gross. That shows you we've got some some issues going on here. St- Start with your family. Start with your spouse. The gentleness. Some of you, maybe today, you just need to apologize. I apologize for not being considerate. I apologize for just not. You know, know, your whole life can change with these phrases. I'm sorry. I was wrong. And that's why some relationships are never repaired. I'm sorry. I was wrong. A whole generation often gets wiped out that came to counselor's office that wouldn't get to those two places. I'm sorry, and I was wrong. And kids pay the price when parents won't say to each other, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Are you with me? Okay. With your coworkers, be gentle, be reasonable, okay? As light and salt, uh, let's not come into places and environments in work where we just treat people like they're just there, they're just the job, and then we just go home. Like, these people, I just, this isn't my life. These aren't my family. No, 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 no. God sent you into this domain for a season. Do you know that there are people that have now come to the Lord, and there are people I worked with before I was a pastor in different seasons of life. I was there for a year, two years, three years there, seven years there, a phase here, and I've just connected with people. And those people are now in the kingdom of God, and I've reconnected with them. Now, what if I'd have treated them like absolute garbage along the way? Do you think you want to hear me say anything about God? No. Sometimes we're thinking that our, our, our main relationships are just the people of God. Well, the main relationships God often has for us is the people he's sending us to reach to bring the gospel, to bring the life, the truth of who he is into their life, and we have to be able to show that. So show consideration for what people are going through. If somebody at work is saying, man, I'm going through something. Well, that's your problem, buddy. i got my own problem. Sorry. That's not a great response. Let's be considerate of the people that we work around and what they're going through. Um, and, and showing consideration is important because it teaches us to play well with others. Remember when you were a kid and they would sit on the report card? Plays well with others. Who got the unsatisfactory, right? <laughs> Most of Grace Avenue did, right? Unsatisfactory does not play well with others, okay? They were trying to show us something. The future requires that you play well with others. It requires it, so we show consideration, okay? Number three, don't worry. Pray continually. This is from that same verse. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, and with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Don't worry, he's saying. Pray continually, okay? Now, please, don't hear that I'm trying to simplify this down to just acting like there's just rainbows and unicorns and apple pie in the sky and that there's no problems in the world and we just need to just be, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about by the power of the Holy Spirit. We take hold of the thoughts that are trying to dominate our life. We pray about things and we don't just say we prayed and then not do it again. Well, I prayed about it. It's over. We pray continually. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. We should be a praying church. You should be a praying husband. You should be a praying wife. You should be a praying business owner. You should be a praying student. You should be a praying Christian, right? Well, I just really don't have time on, you know, okay, well, check the screen times. Check the screen times again. Let's just go back to that. Okay? How many hours on safari? How many hours on Chrome? How many hours? I'm talking about the non-work stuff. Just the surfing, the hanging out. You have time to pray. Pray continually. Okay. Um, Four, he says, God's peace, it says God's peace guards you. Number four, God's peace guards you. God's peace guards your life. He says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which it doesn't make sense to people. It'll guard your heart and your mind in Christ. Your your heart and your mind have to be guarded, is what he's saying there. Now, how did he say the peace of God was going to guard your heart and mind? He said it right before that, that if you're not anxious about anything and you're praying continually then the peace of God, which doesn't make sense to others, to the world, is going to guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay? Now, there's a lot of things that some people attribute to my personality. That, you know, Daniel doesn't seem bothered about certain things. I've heard people say that. Just like, you notice what people say about you over the years, and that was one of the things. Don't you think this is a big deal? Aren't you worried? I'm like, no, not really. Some things I do think are a big deal, but a lot of things that people just are, are freaking out over, Overwhelmed by it, just I'm just I can't control that. That's that's not something I can control. That's only something I can pray about. I'm not gonna wrap my mind. I've got plenty of other things to try and get my mind under control about. That's something that I'm not gonna focus on, right? There are areas like that in your life where you have a strength and God has given you the ability to take captive those thoughts. So just don't let your mind run with certain things in this time. Doesn't matter what they're saying on the news. There has been nothing but do... I've been paying attention to the news since I was in the 80s, okay? There's been doomsday every day, every year for all of my life. And I'm not going to go through all the horrible things that have been predicted and said were going to happen and told. It's just, okay, if you don't have bad news on the news, then what news do you have, Welcome to the good news of today. Ah, oh, there's nothing good. i will change. I'm going to watch a movie, right? Something horrible is happening. Tune in at 6 o'clock. Oh, my gosh, what's going on? And so we lean in, and it really is that simple. It's a moneymaker. News is a moneymaker. The media is, is a machine. It's a moneymaker. If you're not listening and watching, they're not making money. It's that simple. Do y'all believe that? Well, okay, well, if you don't, it's true. So... Um, <laughs> God's peace will guard you. Lord, let it be in this church that the peace of God guards the hearts and minds of Grace Avenue Church. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says that we are to take captive every thought. Take captive. What does it mean to take something captive, to, to bring it into submission? Boom. Locked down. You take captive the thoughts that try to rule your heart and your mind. Okay, and then number five, last one, it says, think like Jesus. We think like Jesus. Because he says, fix your thoughts. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, fix your thoughts on whatever is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Jesus is all of those things. It's not just trying to figure out what are the good things and the, the admirable things in life. It's fixing our mind around who Jesus is. And letting that start to flow and produce something in our life. Okay? So here's what I'd love for us to do. Let's stand up as we close. I know I went like a teacher today, but I wanted to break this down. Here's what I want to do. For for some of us this morning, our minds are set on things that have conformed to the pattern of this world. So what's been dominating your mind this season, this week, this year, okay? Is it vengeance? Is it getting back at someone because of what they did to you? That will eat you alive. You need to take that captive, take that thought captive. Is it um, self-doubt? I'm not going to be able to to do this. Uh, I don't know if I have what it takes. Okay, those are normal human thoughts, but we have to remember that... In Christ, we become qualified for things that we never would have been able to do without him. We became, it becomes possible for us to achieve things that they never thought we would do, that people thought. Like, I like it when people look at me and go, you're a pastor? I knew you and you were whatever. And I say, look what the Lord has done. And he can do it with you too. God has more things in store for you And he has ways in which he wants to use you That are very counterintuitive to the way you already think about yourself Does it make sense to you? Yeah, it shouldn't okay? Jesus chose people that didn't fit the mold of what he was moving them into Yet he chose them anyway This is the goodness of God God chooses you Have you figured that part out yet? That you think you chose God, but God actually chose you? That you think you came close to God, but God actually drew you in? That you had a loving Father that was pulling you in the whole time and that keeps getting your attention for a purpose that's greater than the purpose that you've dreamed up for yourself? It's bigger, it's broader, but it's going to take a bigger and broader mind. So part of it is having to take captive those thoughts. Thoughts towards vengeance. Thoughts towards self-doubt. Thoughts towards animosity. Thoughts towards fear. We're going to take those captive right now in Jesus' name. We're going to center our mind. We are going to be not a powerless church, a power-filled church. And the way we do that is through prayer because a prayerless church is a powerless church. We are going to be a praying church in Jesus' name. We're going to pray for you right now. I'm going to believe you're going to take these thoughts captive Come on, let's just lift them up. Father, whatever thoughts are dominating our heart and mind that are not of you, thoughts where we've conformed to the pattern of this world, attitudes, mindsets, uh, habits, choices, vocabulary. Lord, make the shift right now. First of all, Lord, some of us, we may need to repent. We may need to say right off the bat, we've gotten it wrong, we're off. Lord, make it right. And in an instant, Lord, you come and you forgive and you repurpose and you realign. So, Lord, do that now in the hearts and minds of your people. Lord God, for those who've been walking away from you, God, don't just bring, Lord, this conviction. Bring change into their life, Lord Jesus. Let them step out of the darkness and into the light that you have for them. Lord, we take captive every thought of fear, bitterness, anxiety, hopelessness, uncontrollable anger, Lord, we bring this captive in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, whoever this morning is dancing on the edge of danger with destructive thoughts in their mind, Lord, we take those captive in Jesus' name. For anyone who's been thinking suicidal thoughts, Lord, we take those captive in Jesus' name. For anyone thinking that their life has no value, Lord, we take that captive in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit, fill this place and fill every heart and mind with the peace of God. Lord, let the weight lift off of people, the weight of sin, the weight of confusion, the weight of anger, the weight of hurt. Lord, lift it off in Jesus' name. Lift it off in Jesus' name. By the power of the Holy Spirit, change people here, Lord God. Hearts and minds, in your mighty name we pray everyone says. Amen, 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 amen. Well, I pray that that word blessed you. If you'd like to know more about Grace Avenue Church or want to know more about how to be a part of what God has called us to here in the city of San Antonio, or if you'd like to sow financially into our vision and mission, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you soon.